Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, taking your calls and your questions this afternoon. Give me a call. The phone lines are wide open here at the beginning of the program. 303-690-3000 is the number to join us on the air. 303-690-3000. Or you can text me directly at 720-336-0897. That's for texting only. But we will, uh, as we can, take text calls and answer those questions on on the air, maybe, or just a quick text back, or it just depends on how the day goes, whether I have uh, sufficient time to be able to respond to you. But you can keep trying. Uh, the best time to call the show is like right now, because the lines are wide open, every single one of them. <clears throat> 303-690-3000. Thousand is the number. We want to invite you out to our services tonight here at Calvary Church. We're just beginning. We're in our third week of studying the book of Daniel, and uh, it's always a fascinating study. It's There's a couple of things, really at least three things, that are drawn out from Daniel. One is, of course, the life of Daniel and how God has used him in incredible ways, uh, to stand in the gap no matter what he faces, no matter what, I mean, being kidnapped, being taken captive, uh, being uh, brainwashed into the idolatrous Chaldean Babylonian culture, um, pretty powerful uh, insights of how a man, how a young man, I should say, can make a decision to not defile himself, <clears throat> and then everything else after that decision is, uh, you know, that decision is going to mark the future. And so we're going to be studying the life of Daniel, a man of purity. Secondly, we're studying Daniel, a man of prophecy. Uh, He is referred to as a prophet by Jesus himself, uh, describing a prophet and as a prophet, he is uh, going to give us insights. Matter of fact, uh, it is <clears throat> often said that Daniel, the book of Daniel, is the most important book in all the Bible. And Daniel is what unlocks revelation. So we're looking at Daniel, a man of purity. We're looking at Daniel, a prophet. And then finally, More importantly is Daniel is a book about the sovereignty of God, the sovereignty of God. And at every turn, especially tonight, we're going to look about, we're going to look at together studying the sovereignty of God 
and it will be a fascinating study as it's been many, many years. We as a church have studied the book of Daniel, and so join us. We here at 7 o'clock. Um, our downstairs is under massive construction right now, so our cafe's not open. We're not serving meals because the kitchen is closed. So you could pray for us on that, that the project will be finished on time. Well, really, in a timely manner. Uh, they're doing a great job uh, with you know the adjustments and with things that are needed. But it is a little bit over time and a little bit over budget. Um, but we are making some adjustments. So pray for us. <clears throat> As you remember it, uh, it is not the most important thing uh, in the world, but it is an important thing because we want to have it done. <laughs> and we can go back to using downstairs. We're going to be opening up a brand new third wave coffee house, and it, it's going to be a glorious time. So give us a call, 303-690-3000. 690-3000 is the number, and the lines are wide open. So call now while you can get in and text me, 720-336-0897, and that is a dedicated texting number that'll get us right into the studio here. Uh, We are broadcasting live from the studios in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, This is Grace FM. Welcome everyone that's listening on Hope FM and Truth FM. I think we've got a few technical things that are going on that they're working on, um, but they're working feverishly on them. So this would be a great time to call. 303-690-3000. I was uh, reading recently uh, in the Psalms and encouraged uh, by the Psalms of Ascent. And in the Psalms of Ascent, these would be the songs that were sung. um, These would be the songs that are sung on the way for the children of Israel when they were headed up to Jerusalem for the feast days. And, And so it is... It is a glorious thing to read through the Psalms and to be encouraged with them, uh, knowing that the Lord uh, reserved them for us. So let me just read to you uh, Psalm 120. And Psalm 120, I'm going to read it to you from the New King James. And let's see what we got here. Psalm, wrong one, wrong box. Psalm 120. It's the subtitle that was given to it by the translators is a plea for relief from bitter foes. In my distress, I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you, or what shall be done to you, O false tongue? Sharp arrows of the warrior with coals of the broom tree Woe is me that I dwell in Meshech, and that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. My soul has dwelt too long with one who hates peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. It's a pretty powerful 
psalm uh, from the psalmist as he starts out encouraged by the fact that he could cry to the Lord in the midst of his distress. And he knew that if he cried to the Lord, that he would be heard, and that his cry was for deliverance. And that deliverance is available from the Lord. Um, And so give us a call, 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000 is the number. And I know that we're having technical difficulties, but I'm going to continue on because this will end up being podcasted uh, and also sent to you guys on the East Coast, which you wouldn't know uh, that we have uh, technical difficulties because you hear this a week later. Um, But we always have, you know, buttons and lights that are flashing and needs that are there and and I know that it was on the air and then it was off the air. So let's go back to um, this passage in the Psalms, uh, in Psalm 120. Uh, again, the Psalms of Ascent. The, the Psalms of Ascent are actually uh, Psalms that Eugene Peterson used when he wrote his book, The when he wrote his book, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And he found, as he was reading through the Psalms of Ascent, the need to, or or a pathway of discipleship. And so he goes from each of the Psalms and uses each of the Psalms as a pathway for discipleship. And they're known as the Songs of Ascent, or some refer to them as the Songs of Degrees. And they were the songs that the Jewish people, when they made their pilgrimage three times a year to Jerusalem, uh, they would sing them on the way. Um, Josephus, the Jewish historian, actually says that nearly two million people would crowd into that relatively small city for a week to fellowship together, to worship, to enjoy the Lord in a rich, dynamic way. And as they journeyed, they would sing these feast songs. Uh, They would be like the hymnal of the Jewish people. And so, uh, again, it was distress that caused the psalmist to cry out to the Lord. And haven't you found that to be the case, that it's distress that will often drive you to the Lord? It's distress that will often cause you to cry out to the Lord uh, and And notice what is being asked for. What's being asked for is deliverance. And it's important that you understand it's okay to not only desire deliverance, but to pray for it. It's okay to desire deliverance and to ask God for it. Uh, There is no supernatural anointing of maturity that is available by just going through difficulties. Um, There's no supernatural ability that is available just to say, well, you know, I don't need to be delivered. I don't need to have, I can just take it. Uh, But no, like the psalmist says in Psalm 120, in my distress, I cried out to the Lord and he heard me. Deliver my soul, he says. 
And notice what he says, from lying lips. Have you ever had someone lie about you? Ever have someone spread evil gossip about you, um, talking about you behind your back, or in some cases right in front of you? Well, so did the psalmist. And by the way, uh, I think they worked out the technical uh, difficulties, so give us a call, 303-690-3000. The phone lines are open, as well as uh, the texting lines, so give us a call, 303-690-3000, that works in anywhere you're listening, and give us a call and be on the air. Uh, we did have a few minutes of some technical glitches, but uh, we are back on the air. Uh, and praise God for the team here that works on things. And we are getting feedback that people can hear now. Praise the Lord. Everything's great. 303-690-3000. If you're just joining us because we um, had a little bit of technical stuff, just let you know we were looking together at Psalm 120. It's the Psalm of Ascents. And I was just so encouraged recently. You know, the Psalm of Ascents uh, is, are known as Psalms 120 through 134. And these were the songs that the Jewish people would sing uh, on their pilgrimage three times a year to Jerusalem for the feasts of Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. And Josephus records like millions of people, perhaps two million people would crowd into Jerusalem to fellowship, worship, and enjoy the Lord together. And as they journeyed for these three feasts or festivals, they would sing and chant these psalms on the way. Uh, And Psalm 120 is a psalm of of difficulty. Uh, It's a psalm of deliverance, or uh, like my New King James has a sub they added a subtitle to it. Uh, it's not a part of the original, but the translators put a subtitle, A Plea for Relief from Bitter Foes. And it starts out, In my distress I cried out to the Lord, and the good news is that he heard me. Now I added that. In my distress I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. And that is good news. And what is he crying out for? Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. And we just asked the question when we went back on the air, have you ever had anyone lie about you? Have you ever had anyone spread lies or gossip about you? Um, Of course, with today, with our social media and such, it's very easy to do that. Uh, It's very easy to say, uh, to have access to many people and say very false things. But might I add, as we open up the scriptures, that it's nothing new. The psalmist had to deal with it too. Uh, and he had to deal with the reality of those that were lying and going, going, coming against him. And what did he do? He cried out, and the Lord heard him. So encouraging. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. We're going to go to the phone lines. Uh, Phil is calling from Lakewood, Colorado. Phil, welcome to the program. Hey, hey Pastor Ed. Yeah, my son and I, would go to... Uh, Calvary Aurora, Aurora, and it's really awesome, and uh, you're awesome. And uh, my question is, uh, how do you know well, when the Holy Spirit is talking to you? Is it, is it from the heart or from the mind or the gut feeling? Or how do you know? Well, do you have an example that you can pin that down before I give like a general answer? Um, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I, I pray all the time okay. and uh, and ask 
please talk to me, Lord. Talk to me. And uh, and I don't I don't know if he talks to me. <laughs> okay. Well, the first the first answer is I believe found in Hebrews chapter one, and in Hebrews chapter one, uh, Paul's writing to the group of Jewish believers, and he's talking about how God speaks and how he's spoken um, throughout time, and then he brings it into today, how he's spoken in these last days. And here's what the Bible says, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. It says, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, Long ago God spoke many times and many ways to our ancestors through the prophets, but now in these final days he has spoken to us through his Son, and God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son he made the universe and everything in it. Uh, and let me add another verse to that, and that is, um, it's in Peter says this, that we have been given all things pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Let me read it to you. It's Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. And so we know that God has spoken to us. The final word of God is found in and through Jesus Christ. And so where do we find the revelation or the revealing of Jesus Christ, but in the Word of God. So the first way I know absolutely 100% that the Holy Spirit speaks to you and me is when I open up the Bible and I read it. Those are the very words of God inspired by God, and we, don't go, we won't go wrong ever when we turn and open the Bible and read it, because in it, God speaks to us. Now, I think your question goes a little bit deeper than that, and that is, how do I know in everyday life that the Holy Spirit, does he speak through my emotions, which is our heart? Does he speak in my mind, which is my thinking? And the answer is yes and yes. God can use our emotions to, to lead us to a direction. He can use our mind to lead us to a direction. As a matter of fact, I like to use a passage of Scripture in the book of Colossians to help me understand whether God is speaking to me or not. <clears throat> and these are the conditions. Um, it says in Colossians 3.14, But above all these things put on love, which is the bond of peace, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body, and be thankful. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So we see a few things that put us in a position to hear from God. Number one, we're to let the Word of God dwell in us, right? Because we know it is not from God, and we know the Holy Spirit's not speaking to us if what we hear or feel or think is against the Bible. Does that make sense? Yeah. So for example, uh, I visit you in jail, and I say, bro, what are you doing in jail? And you say, well, Pastor Ed, you taught us how to hear from the Holy Spirit, and I was at Safeway the other day, and I just felt like the Holy Spirit told me to take a ham and give it to the poor. And I'm going to go, well, what do you mean, Phil, to go buy a ham? And you say, no, to take it. So I just took a ham, I put it under my shirt, and I walked out the door, 
and here I am in jail. You know what Pastor Ed's going to say? He's going to say, Phil, that was not the Lord. And you go, wait a minute, how do you know for sure it wasn't the Lord? And I can say, because God has already spoken, thou shalt not steal. So anything that contradicts the Bible, we just know right away it's not from God. It's not the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And then we start to discern, like, for example, how do I know if this is the right person to marry? And how do I know if this is where I should get my gas? And how do I know if, if I should even shop at Safeway? And on and on, those, li- those questions, we basically, in, unless it's sin, we step out in faith in the direction we think God wants us to go, and sometimes we find out whether it's the voice of God when we arrive. Okay. You know, because we, we, we kind of think, well, God's going to tell me exactly what he wants me to do, in some cases he does, but in other cases he doesn't because he wants us to live by faith. And so, for example, that question, I wonder if this is the woman that God wants me to spend the rest of my life with. Well, the first step is to get to know her. You know, first step is introduce yourself to her. Maybe she doesn't even know you, and then develop a friendship. And then through that friendship, through prayer, you begin to get to know someone, and you begin... Uh, character. Like, you don't know for sure, but you take the steps that are in front of you. You obey one thing at a time. When you meet a person, you don't immediately wonder, is this the one I'm supposed to marry? But rather, is this the one, God, you would want me to get to know or to become friends with? Or, you know, we start with what's in front of us without worrying about how it all gets, uh, how how it all is going to happen, you know, 20 years from now. We want to live by faith today. It's impossible to please God without faith. Okay. Okay, well, I thank you, uh, Pastor Ed, and uh, hopefully to see you there tonight. All right, look forward to it, my brother. Bye-bye. All right, God bless you. Great question. 303-690-3000 is the number. Give us a call. We are back on the air. Thanks for everyone, your patience. Uh, We're getting things, uh, the right buttons pushed and all of that. Um, It just happens sometimes. Um, um, we just push a button or the certain lights not flashing and, um, it happens and we all learn. Sometimes we learn from uh, successes. Sometimes we learn from mistakes, but we always get to learn and grow in God's grace. So welcome with that. We have open lines, which aren't normal at this time in the show. So give us a call. We're going to head over to the East coast now, and we're going to connect with Pam in Pennsylvania. Pam, welcome to the program. Oh, hi, Pastor Ed. Thank you so much. You're welcome. What can um, I do for you? My, que- my question is this. is You know, I, I know there's this big thing, you know, uh, where they're, I think the NIV, they did a new translation where they used his and her instead of, you know, referring to him, you know, always referring to man and, um, you know, to fit our culture better, but, you know, and it's this wrong thinking, but I was always of the opinion, it's like, well, I'm a child of God, and, and, you know, I feel like the Bible is referring to man as mankind, not necessarily, unless, of course, it's being specific about, you know, woman's role or a man's role, Correct. that it's just referring to mankind, and, and I've always been of the opinion, it's like, you know, I don't care if God refers to me as a man, because... 
um, you know, the, the women really weren't respected like men were, and I'd rather be respected. So I don't know if that's a wrong attitude either, you know, because, like, I know I'm a child of God and that, you know, he sees us all as equals now, you know what I mean, compared to, like, um, you know, the culture and what the culture was at that time. Yeah, you know, with our heightened culture, uh, our current society, our current culture is hypersensitive about these things, whereas um, when the Bible refers to when the Bible often uses man, uh, depending on the context of where it's being used, it is referring not not referring to you know women as men or uh, or raising a um, you know a, one gender over another, but rather simply referring to mankind. Um, and what you're referring to, it it didn't get a lot of traction, um, but it was very popular a few years ago. It was a new translation uh, of the NIV that was called the T-NIV. And the T-NIV was a gender-neutral translation, um, like you referred to, where it tried to neutralize genders uh, so that there was no distinction uh, at all. And uh, that was so popular. It didn't really take root very much, but it was so popular that I actually bought a book uh, to read up on it so that I could be prepared to answer them. But I haven't really heard a question, and I don't support in any way any gender-neutral translation. Uh, I support those translations that seek to be um, consistent with the original text, uh, with the original manuscripts that reflect the original autographs. As a matter of fact, I'm looking it up here. Uh, it it's, it was came out in 2005, so it's been quite a while. Uh, and then it was finally released uh, in, let's see, the future version in 2011, uh, which they really tried to neutralize any gender within it. And I don't support that translation. Okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I thought. But, like, when I would look it up, I have, um, I have, I use the King James, and I have a, um, a like, a strong, um, what do they call that, uh, concordance, in the back of my Bible. You know, it's not like the, you know, the whole exhaustive concordance, but, you know, um, so it gives you some stuff. And, and sometimes when I would look them up, it was saying the sun. Oh, no. I think... You know, it did mean man, but to me it makes more sense of it as mankind instead of just man. Yeah, I, th- I so, think that... Uh, I think that so I'm on the right track. You are on the right track. Let me give you. I'm going to read to you an article and just a couple of paragraphs um, uh, that was written here. It's on GotQuestions.org. It says other passages rendered gender neutral, however, have been the cause of great concern among evangelical leaders. <clears throat> One example is found in Hebrews chapter two, verse seventeen, where it says in the old NIV. For this reason, he had, be, he had to be made like his brethren or his brothers in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest. But the TNIV translates brothers as brothers and sisters. And in the statement of concern, this is what they wrote. Did Jesus have to become like his sisters in every way in order to become a high priest in service to God? All the Old Testament priests were men, and surely the high priest was a man. This text does not quite proclaim an androgynous Jesus, who is both male and female, 
but it surely leaves open a wide door for misunderstanding and almost invites misunderstanding as you meditate on that phrase in every way and see if you can trust the TNIV. And it's those types of, you know, in some cases, a a gender-neutral phrase in terms of referring to all mankind could easily be used. It could be used as an English equivalent. However, there are some that shouldn't be changed at all because the context is very clear that it's representing a male, like you had mentioned earlier in your question. Hey, we're coming up on the break. I appreciate your call. Okay, thank Thanks you for so calling. much. I appreciate your answer. Bye-bye. We got an open line, two open lines. Uh, and all the technicalities are fixed, so we're back on the air. So welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Ed Taylor. This is Calvary Live. Grab one of those open lines while you can. 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336-0897. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back, everyone, to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. And we have a couple open lines. We'd love to have you join us today. Uh, Second half of the program, I think we worked out all the technical things. So appreciate you guys being patient, sticking around while they're working those things out. Of course, you guys on the East Coast didn't hear much of an interruption at all because I... Uh, we, we just continued on with the show, but you guys here on Grace FM, welcome, welcome back. And let's get back to the phone lines. Desiree calling in Colorado. Welcome to the program. Hey, Desiree, are you with us? All right. Desiree, it, sees, it, uh, it says that you have a prayer request, so let me pray for you uh, and your family. Uh, Father, we pray for Desiree and the needs that she has uh, in her family, uh, the difficulties that she's facing. I pray specifically for provision, that you would provide for all of her needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. Um, Her riches, Lord, everything that is available to her by faith in him. And I pray, God, that you would encourage her and fill her afresh with your Holy Spirit, that her love for you would only grow in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, open lines, 303-690-3000. We are studying as a church here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, the book of Daniel. And as I mentioned in the first half of the program, three things, at minimum of three big picture um, items are going to be given to us in our study of Daniel. Number one, we're going to study the life of Daniel as a man of purity. Number two, we're going to look at the life of Daniel as a prophet. But more importantly, the overarching theme of the book of Daniel is the sovereignty of God. And what a comforting truth it is to study the sovereignty of God and his uh, rulership over our lives. Uh, That is so vital and so important to recognize God's sovereignty and the, um, the, the reality of God's 
relationship with us. And no one uh, theological bent owns the doctrine of sovereignty. Anyone that worships one true God uh, is is believing of what the Bible teaches about his sovereignty. Um, I like what Matt Chandler said. He said, God is more interested in declaring than he is in explaining. And I I also remember what uh, Warren Wiersbe said, and that is that we don't live by understanding, we live by faith. And faith is put, is, is only as valuable as that which is the object, and the object of our faith is a sovereign God. Sovereign God. 303-690-3000. So our services are at 7 p.m. tonight. Uh, we are going through the book of Daniel. We're in our third study, so it's not too late. We come together to pray, to worship, to fellowship, take communion, and study the Bible, just like Acts 2.42 every Wednesday night. Hey, Liz, welcome to the hey, program. Pastor Ed. Quick question. So we're going through the book of Revelation at my church. Yes, great. Um, I go to Calvary GBR, Green Valley Ranch, okay. there with Pastor Wally. Yes. Um, so question I have is, after the thousand-year reign, and God lets out Lucifer to, to do his bad things again. Oh, no. Did you drop, Liz? I... There you are. No, I hear Come you. On back. I hear both of you there. Hold on one second. Okay. Okay. So if we, if he's letting Lucifer out, why is he going to let out all the people that he took with him? No. As well? No. See, when Jesus Christ comes to re- and returns for the millennial reign, the millennial kingdom reign, remember, mm-hmm. he returns with his saints. And so mm-hmm. we'll be returning with him to rule and reign alongside of him with our given assignments um, for those thousand years. And mm-hmm. those that those that are in the millennial period, those that make it through the Great Tribulation period, those that continue to live for a thousand years are going to repopulate the earth pretty rapidly. And the one thing that they have not they have yet to experience because he's been chained and held back is the direct temptation of the devil. And so the releasing of the Satan at the end of the thousand-year reign is to bring back, bring about that final temptation and that final choice. And and surprisingly, after after a thousand years or ho- however many years, uh, the depending on when you're born within the thousand years, you know how many years you enjoyed a, the righteous rule of Jesus Christ, people will still turn their back on him. Wow. I, it, that's exactly my response. Wow. <laughs> I, I just don't understand that. So another question I have. Okay. In Ezekiel 38. Yes. Uh, the war, the God war, I yeah. guess that's what I thought. Uh-huh. Um, where does that land in Revelation? Ezekiel 38, uh, you have... Beginning in verse 1, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, uh, set thy face against Gog in the land of Magog, and that this coming down of um, Russia down into Israel uh, mm-hmm. is is the prelude to the Battle of Armageddon. Uh, and okay. so is that after the rapture? 
That is after the rapture, somewhere in the midpoint of the seven years. So right so. now, as of today, today's news with Iraq, Iraq and everything that's going on, we're pretty close. We're pretty close. I would agree. Okay. Yes, the the yeah. Battle of Armageddon will be the battle of all battles, and and if you ever get a chance to go to. Um, and by the way, it's around Revelation 16 is where the uh, battle, that's where the word's used uh, in, in the Bible, Revelation 16, 16. They assembled them at a place in Hebrew called Armageddon. Um, but if you ever get a chance to go on a tour to Israel, uh, you'll see on more than one occasion, uh, you'll be taken up like at the top of Mount Carmel, where you'll be given mm-hmm. a, a complete panorama if the weather's good sometimes we've been there and it's been foggy but many times we've been mm-hmm. there when it's crystal clear you'll you'll head over and you'll actually see what a broad valley uh armageddon really is in that area um and it's 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 fascinating oh, to God see <laughs> one day and it, you know if you don't uh if you don't end up going this side of eternity you'll be there soon enough yeah yeah so just pray for me, you know, you can say a prayer for me. Okay. Because I'm sure, like, you know, the the enemy messes with all of our heads, you know, like, are yes, you okay? Does. You know, are you sure you're okay? You know, especially at the end times where he says there will be a falling away. Yes. I don't want to fall away. And I think that's a great desire. And, and I always like to remind people because I, I also know that, that, the battle in the mind is real, and it's mm-hmm. easy to have doubts, and it's easy to be gripped by fear, and all of these doubts and fears dismiss and replace a simple faith, you know, believing God at His Word. And so I know this, is, this doesn't alleviate all your fears, but it will help you. As long as you're concerned about falling away, you're not going mm-hmm. to fall away. Uh, I, yeah. Like I was listening Pray to... For- so many, you know, families that have, you know, a lot of family that's not saved. It's, you know, yeah. that's, that's just what breaks my heart, you know? It's super sad, yes. Yeah. So if you can just pray for all of us. All right, Father, we, we do pray for that need. As, even as we were talking today in our um, staff meeting, God, you were there. You know, you we were talking about endurance, perseverance. Um, I love that word. Uh, that you use hupomone in the Greek, Lord, to the the picture of bearing up under a weight or under a load and, and being able to do that. And it's not because of our own strength or our own knowledge or even our own will, you know, like, oh, I'm just going to determine, Lord, to, to not fall away. But it's because of your strength and your presence in our lives and your abiding presence that enables us. And And even if we were to wander away, you would leave the 99 and go recover the one. And, and so I pray for my sister as she's learning the book of Revelation as it's stirring in her a holy fear and a, and a holy concern that you would meet her and comfort her and that you would bring comfort to her soul uh, to build her faith and to re- alleviate the anxiety and worry that she has. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor. You're welcome. Keep studying it. Revelation's a fascinating book. Tell Wally I yeah. said hi. I will. Thank, Thank you. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. 
303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to move right on uh, to line two is Pete in Parker. Pete, welcome to the program. Thanks, Pastor Ed. Um, you know, I've been walking with the Lord for about 30 years, but the temptation of uh, the dispensaries around town, I must admit, become overwhelming. There's times where I'll stop by and just uh, grab maybe a quick vape pen for a weekend, and, you know, it feels good during the time. And then, of course, just the shamefulness comes mm-hmm. over me. And sure. uh, then, you know, I'll go a month without it, and then I might stop and get a little small guy or whatever. <laughs> and, you know, I just... Um, I'm just kind of wondering, in your opinion, I know you've been down some terrible roads yourself, but, you know, as a Christian man that is really focused on the Lord, yes. uh, these temptations, I mean, obviously they're there, but to act on them, I mean, there's a lot of Christians that are smoking right now, um, probably as we're speaking, but, uh, you know, what's your take on that? I mean, is it is it okay? Is it not? Um, is it from the devil? Well, I believe that I was just looking at uh, the broader part of your question in terms of the difference between a test and a temptation. A temptation to sin is never from God. Uh, a temptation to sin is always from the devil. It, it, it's always in our flesh. It's never from God. But God can take a temptation and turn it into a test. Uh, and and he can he can literally transform a temptation to bring about a test in our lives where temptations lead to sin tests lead to faith and we it's good to distinguish between the two because god has given us the strength for every temptation to have the way of escape and this is one of those passages you want to memorize memorizing really isn't as popular as it should be. It was very popular when I was a new believer, and I try to emphasize it a lot in my own fellowship here, but many people don't want to memorize the Bible, and which is a bummer, because the Bible says in Psalm 119, David declares that he hid God's word in his heart. Why? So that he wouldn't sin against God. And here's a scripture I'd, I would encourage you to Memorize. Have you ever memorized Scripture before in the years you've been walking with Jesus? Oh, absolutely. So you maybe already have this one. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It says, No temptation has overtaken you, except such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it, so that every time you pass a dispensary, every time you have an, your body even has an urge for that, that anesthetic feeling that comes from marijuana, um, that feeling of euphoria, that feeling of being under the influence and, not, and, and just having your, the nerves brought down and all of the feelings you get from it, with the temptation to stop, with the temptation to get out of your car, the temptation to walk in, the temptation to pick one out, the temptation to get your credit card or your cash. I don't know how they do it, but probably cash. Huh? I don't know how they do it. Do they do credit cards at, at pot shops? Well, now they do. Okay, so take your credit card out, You know, do the exchange, walk out, light it up, whatever it might be, all those temptations. We, we see them all as one, but actually there are many in just the one that every single one, every one, let's say there's 10 each time, has a way of escape that you don't have to fulfill it till the final sin. And, and so when it comes to marijuana 
And when it comes to alcohol, I believe that it's the safest, most responsible spiritual response is to stay away from them. Uh, Because the prohibition for all of us is to not be drunk. And the idea of drunkenness is not just related to alcohol, but to be under the influence of a substance. And, And in particular, we know that drunkenness is prohibited in the scriptures. Uh, we have actually a specific scripture that shows us uh, that, that really specifically prohibits it. It says, do not, this is Ephesians 5, 18, do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So there, there seems to be, according to the scriptures, a contrast of being filled with the Spirit or drunk with wine. And the idea of being drunk with, like for example, we don't just use the word drunk in our English language for alcohol, right? You could tell, you could look at someone that's like, you know, all into their money, and you could say that they're drunk with, with fame, or excuse me, with fortune. You know, they're just controlled by it. That's all they're into, into the stock market. And every, they're controlled, or they're drunk with, um, um, what's another example of that? They're drunk with... Um, Sporting events. Say that again? Denver Broncos sporting (laughs) events. You You could say that. They're drunk with orange, with the orange crush. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the idea of that is not just, you know, uh, what would be technically uh, drunk according to the breathalyzer for the Denver PD, but rather to be under the influence of a substance or under the influence of something which is emptiness but instead be controlled by the Spirit. And I think it's a little easier because most people don't take one hit. Uh, They don't just take one hit of a joint and move on. They smoke enough of the joint to where they're smoking the joint for a reason. Um, And they won't stop until they successfully hit that reason. Um, with, With alcohol, it's a little different because there are people that just drink a beer and don't feel any kind of um, any kind of feeling of you know any any kind of control over one beer, and so it's a little different with alcohol. But I think the principle is the exact same, and it's just best for for the sake of my relationship with Jesus. It's best for the sake of my relationship with other men that I might stumble them or harm them or lead them in a path that might destroy them, to stay away from these substances that just because they're legal doesn't make it right. Abortion is sure. legal. Does that make it right? Of course, uh, uh, of course not. 1 Corinthians 10.13. Chris Corinthians 10.13. And, and you know, the, the, the reality, too, when it comes to marijuana, because some guys will say, well, it's not just legal, it's biblical, because God has given us all the herbs of the field to... And, and if you want to make that case, then we move into the realm. Here's a whole other way of looking at it. What's the wise thing to do? And that's how we raise our kids, isn't it? We want our kids not only to think biblically, but also to think wisely. And so what's the wise thing to do? Because if we've been given all things, um, we've been given all things, every herb of the field, every grass, then why aren't people uh, rolling up Kentucky bluegrass and smoking it? It's free. They can just go to the park and roll up a roll up a, a joint of Denver Park. What's the main park? Washington Park grass. 
and smoke that. And, you know, people would laugh at me. Ha, 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 Ed, I wouldn't do that because it doesn't give me any effect. Exactly. Or why don't we take poison ivy and rub it all over our bodies? Well, Ed, that's dumb. Exactly. And I think that if you come to the conclusion when it comes to your mind, having been a person that drank a lot and smoked a lot before I got saved, it absolutely alters your reality. 1,000%. Otherwise, people wouldn't do it. Amen. Very good. Yeah, it's being a Nazarite. <laughs> Nazarite, you know, it's almost as though, you know, just it's hard in this in this society, especially with socialization and just being out with the boys after a golf game or whatnot. Sure. But I understand you completely. I, I understand um, God completely. I spoke with a brother this weekend uh, that came up that came up after a um, a service just to share a little bit with me. Uh, he had. Uh, sent me a message on Facebook, but he's been gone from the church for a long time. He doesn't know I'm not on Facebook anymore, so I never gave him an answer. So he was wondering, why didn't I answer him? And I said, well, you've got to email me because I don't check those messages on Facebook. And and so one of the things he wanted to let me know about uh, is about a significant stumble in his life where he had received, uh, it was a good day at work, and, and he, would re- he had received some accolades at work. And, and because of that, he went out with the boys uh, and enjoyed a night with the boys. He's a believer. He absolutely one million percent loves Jesus, leads his family in the ways of the Lord, and and sent and and believed that this could be an exercise in his liberties without sinning. But he didn't control. He he didn't he didn't have. Once he started drinking, he lost self control. And I don't know that he could even tell you when it happened. But he was with the guys in the environment, started with one, two, you know, we didn't get into how many it was. But along the way, he lost self-control and ended up putting himself in a very, very difficult scenario that he regrets. And I know there's a, a lot of debate on the topic, but I think that the things that are most debated are the things that actually have us easier biblical answer to. And, um, and I pray that the Lord will give you strength on these temptations. I mean, he, I pray that you would receive the strength that God has already given you on these temptations because you don't have to stop. And I, I can tell you, I pass by them all the time too. You know, I pass by one, two, at least two on the way that I know of on the way into uh, church here in Aurora. Uh, in Parker, nothing's open in Parker because the city hasn't allowed it. But in Aurora, they have. And they're popping up all over the place. And uh, I pass by them and zero temptation. And so it's possible. Yes. Thank you, Ed. Can I pray for you? No, you absolutely. Father, we ask for, uh, we ask for you to uh, encourage, strengthen my brother, Lord, and just give him the, the fortitude to memorize your word so that the Holy Spirit, you can use it in his life when he's tempted. And that you would find a a place of, um, of strength inside of him, uh, that, that you would strengthen him from the inside out and enable him to, um, to say no. But not just like say no in his own strength, but to avoid these places that are stumbling him, that are troubling him, and that you would uh, fill him uh, by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
303-690-3000. It is, uh, here's a text. I wish you'd call in so we could talk about this, but he says, or she says, I'm not sure. Um, I need to have open heart surgery. I get very nauseous with every narcotic. I never like that feeling they give me. Would it be okay to eat medical MJ for the pain during recovery? I don't know what else to do for the severe pain I'm going to be in. I'd rather have Abba Father heal me so he can glorify it in my healing. You know, I, I as a pastor would never encourage um, the use of marijuana. It's just like I as a pastor would never encourage divorce. Um, it's, an, it's a decision you're going to have to make before the Lord. Um, I recognize that even legal narcotics also bring us under their power, and and so uh, it's it's not the realm uh, that I have been called to be a part of, uh, and I I can't imagine the kind of pain that open heart surgery will bring. My dad had massive open heart surgery, and and I know that there are uh, pain medications uh, that are available, and eating medical marijuana, you know. I don't know until because there's always the exceptions, you know, when it when when there's when you take a strong stand for something within the scriptures, there's always someone's exception to try to to weaken um, the stance of not being drunk with wine. And and so it is a it's more complicated, I would admit, in some circumstances. Uh, I know in the early days when it came to medical marijuana, um, there are some cases, not many, but some cases that speak of how uh, marijuana helped eliminate seizures. And I mean, what what pastor would um, encourage the continual damage to a little kid's body? Um, but it's a it's a dilemma that we need to pray for wisdom because we're going to answer to God for the decisions we make. We're not going to answer to other pastors or to other um, people. And I just know for me, uh, in my understanding of Scripture, in my relationship with the Lord, I'm going to want to stay away from that as much as possible. Um, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want any, I don't want to be near it in any way. I don't want to, um, I, I don't want to go down that road. And can we find exceptions for every situation? I'm sure we can. Um, and and I, I wouldn't uh, judge you, at, you know, or condemn you because of what you have. I might disagree with you, but you stand or fall before the Lord, and, and I would encourage you to stand and fall before the Lord. And it, with this open-heart surgery question, I would commend you to the Lord for such decisions and, and really talk to the medical community about, about um, your convictions because if you have a conviction about marijuana, then the answer is no. Find another alternative. Um, and I think that a lot of times when it comes to our to the gray areas or to different laws that are changed. So for example, maybe 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago, I don't want anything to do with marijuana because I don't want to go to jail. And so you've made you had a conviction that you didn't want to experience the consequences in the physical realm because you didn't want to go to jail. But in reality, you also saved yourselves from any spiritual consequences. And that was always a good decision. Now that it's legal, it's placed many people, like this brother that just called, just tempted to stop by a dispensary uh, and tempted to go in. Um, 
It's a very similar temptation to getting abortion. And there's always the exceptions that try to undermine the reality of a living human being in the womb and that we choose life first. We, the best route for you and for me is to start with our with to start answering these questions from God's perspective, not us reading our perspective into it. It's very hard to do that because if we read our our perspective into it first, I'm going to be in pain. A, I'm going to be nauseous. Then it there is a strong possibility that I'm going to skew the answer toward my pain and nauseousness. But if I start with God first and his desire for my life, his holiness, my desire to be in unity with him, um, my desire to be in a place of minimal effect of the, you know, I, I was I was even concerned about taking narcotics when I had my wisdom teeth taken out because I did not want that trigger inside of me physically. I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new, but I'm still in this physical body. And, and I, want to, I want to enjoy my abiding relationship with Jesus as much as possible. So may the Lord bless you. Thank you guys for your patience with all the technical things. And uh, Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow praying for all these d- dilemmas that come into our lives, that we might live in such a way where we honor Jesus and make those decisions that please him and remove condemnation from us. God bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.